Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Excuse me, I have something to say. This is the podcast where we have real and open conversations about life and everything it throws our way. I'm your host, Sean Philip Naylor. Join me each episode as I chat with inspiring people who also have something to say. You can join in on the conversations or contact me directly through the show's official channels, Instagram and Twitter at excuse me underscore pod, Facebook and YouTube search excuse me I have something to say or our official website, excuse me, I have something to say.com. As always, all links are embedded into the show notes for you. And if you are listening through Apple or iTunes, don't forget to rate and review the show. Hello, guys, and welcome to the show. This week on Excuse Me, we're taking a look inwards and learning about mindfulness, self-care and the Enneagram. What's an Enneagram, you say? Well, I'm glad you asked, as this week I'll be joined by certified leadership coach and mindfulness facilitator, Rachel Hayek, who will explain everything you need to know. Rachel is passionate about helping people tune into their inner wisdom, and she helps people to discover the obstacles preventing them from living the life they desire. Rachel believes that kindness, compassion, collaboration, and self-mastery are the keys to effective leadership. Fascinated by Eastern philosophy and teachings, Rachel is a lifelong student of yoga, meditation, Reiki, and Zen, along with the Enneagram and other systems from the West that promote self-awareness. I am super excited to have Rachel on the show this week and to be able to be a part of this much bigger conversation. So let's not keep you waiting. Let's meet Rachel. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I want to start by saying uh, a huge, huge thank you for your time and coming on the show. Uh, As you know, I've been excited to have you guest on the show for a little while now. I absolutely love what you're doing. Can you explain to the listeners a little bit about uh, who you are and how you got to this chapter in your life at the moment and what it is that you do? Absolutely. And thank you for that. So I have recently become an entrepreneur, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. And I'm here in Vancouver, BC in Canada. And we have a very strong community here around mindfulness. And so 
Vancouver is sort of reputed to have a lot of yoga studios and people like to meditate. Years ago, Vancouver was nicknamed Lotus Land. And I am absolutely perpetuating all of those stereotypes about Vancouver by eating clean and practicing yoga and teaching yoga and practicing mindfulness. I also am a trained certified leadership coach. And with that, I help my clients to really tap into what is most meaningful to them. So I really encourage people to lead from their hearts. And I work with a system called the Enneagram. So you may have heard of it. It's an amazing system for transformation and so much more than a typology tool, which sometimes it is reputed to be. And I just love nature. I live near the ocean. I love being outside and I could go on and on. So feel (laughs) free to stop me at any point. There's so much, so much that I love about what I'm up to and, and what I do. Can you tell me a little bit about the coaching side of what it is that you do? Absolutely. Yeah. So I've been trained in a style that's called non-directive coaching. And this is the style of coaching that the International Coach Federation uses. And so all of the guidelines and ethics are, are also what I use. And basically, the premise of this style of coaching is that we hold our clients whole and capable. So instead of telling somebody what to do, we get curious and we ask a lot of questions and we trust that our clients have all the answers inside of them that they need. And we just help to bring those up to the surface. So it's kind of like using that analogy of the iceberg. You can only see so much of it above the surface, but if we can dig into what's below, we can really start to get creative and tap into our own personal power. Wow, I like that. When you were talking before about mindfulness, how do you practice mindfulness? For like, What does that look like for you? Because it's something that I think I'm becoming more and more aware of. And the older I get, the more I sort of just want to be at peace, but also understand not just myself, but the world around me a little bit better. I even find myself doing particular types of breathing exercises when, you know, when things get a little bit too much and I try to put myself back into a calm space. So when you're teaching mindfulness or talking about mindfulness or even applying it in your own life, how does that look? Mm, Yeah. Thank you for that. It's, um, it's a moment to moment awareness and presence. So I think awareness and presence are the two key things here. It's interesting because I feel that mindfulness has this reputation of being like lovely and peaceful. But if you are really present to everything that is happening in your life, sometimes it's a bit crunchy. Sometimes it's a bit uncomfortable. And so that, that mindful presence helps you to navigate your life and to be sort of in the center of your life with a greater sense of ease. And part of mindfulness for me is about compassion. So we often talk about having compassion for others. And it's really difficult to have compassion for others if we don't have compassion for ourselves first. So patience, loving kindness, non-judgment, gentleness. These are all elements of my mindfulness practice. And I direct all of those inwards. And that's like nourishment for me. So the more nourishment I get from all of that, the more capacity I have to serve and support others. And so sometimes 
for example, yesterday I was working on a project. I was feeling frustrated and I don't often articulate that. And people often don't see that side of me because I'm generally pretty even keeled and grounded. Equanimity is a goal of mine. It's challenging, but I do my best to stay in the center of my life. And in that moment, my technology was crashing. What I was putting together wasn't saving properly as a result of the technology crashing. and, And I just felt frustrated. And instead of pretending that I didn't feel frustrated and putting it aside, I got real and present with myself and I took a walk and I got some fresh air. I took some deep breaths and then I came back. And so when we, when we get into these situations where we do feel off kilter, it's like, how can we be real and present with ourselves? But also what do we need to get back to a place where our nervous system is calm and where we can breathe again and where we can focus. So beautifully said. Now, one of the things that I was reading about and on your website when I was doing you know, a little bit of research into what we were going to discuss today, um, I was really intrigued by the, forgive me if I say it wrong, the Enneagram. I'd never heard of this before. So obviously I started, you know, reading what you have on your page about it, clicking, clicking on a few things. And it's really interesting. Can you explain a little bit about it, what it is and how it works, how people can apply it? Absolutely. I would love to. I love the Enneagram. One of the ways that you can apply it is to give yourself a framework for when you are feeling off kilter. So as I was explaining with the frustration, I learned through using the Enneagram system what some of my coping styles are when I get stressed out. And one of my coping styles is to stuff my feelings. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And so now that I'm aware of that, so that was a blind spot for me. And so now that I'm aware of that, I can recognize it when it happens and I can actually take a different action. So instead of repeating this sort of conditioned response that I had to stress, I can now make a conscious choice around how I want to move forward. And so again, that presence and that moment to moment awareness really comes in handy doing this work. So with the Enneagram system, it's, it's a tool that came to us from sort of Western mysticism and it has nine different types. And these nine different Enneagram types correlate with the nine temperaments in psychology. So there is actually some scientific validation with this tool, which I didn't even know when I started working with it. I just thought it was really cool and really elegant and very accurate. So these nine different types are actually based on nine different motivations that we have as humans to navigate the world. And these nine types are also divided into several different triads. So the triad that's probably the most well-known is the three intelligence centers. So the head, the heart, and the body or the belly or gut. So the head being our cerebral processing, problem solving, our intellectual processes, the heart being our emotional intelligence, and then the gut or the body being more our instinct or our, our gut knowing, inner knowingness. And the idea of 
working with the Enneagram is to integrate these three systems of intelligence in our bodies so that we can really tap into the inner wisdom that each of us as human beings has inside of us. And the Enneagram looks at personality as only a small part of who we are and the personality more so as um, you can think of it as a suit that you put on to make sense of and to navigate the world and something that we developed when we were quite small. So we didn't have the understanding of the world that we have as adults. So we each look through these lenses, so nine different lenses, and we have these ideas about the world that we formed when we were quite small. And so now as adults, we can use the understanding of this system, again, to look at our conditioned responses, many of them based in fear, many of them based in just a lack of understanding of the world, and we can start to navigate differently. And then added on to that, Once we understand our own Enneagram and we start to understand the Enneagram of the people around us, there's the opportunity to have deeper sense of appreciation for one another's gifts and strengths. So there's this idea that there's there's strength in diversity and we need each of these different nine lenses of, of the world in order to function and to evolve and to do things in the world that are going to elevate our experience. So I could go on and on and I'll just <laughs> pause there and hand, hand the mic back to you for a moment to check um, in. <laughs> thank you. That's see, see, this is why I got excited about it. Like, and obviously you are quite passionate about, about it too. So one of the things that, that we did, or sorry, that I did in preparation was I did my own Enneagram test. And I can quite happily say that I am a four or a four W three. What that, what does that mean, Rachel? Help, help me out here. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So the W stands for the wing. And I, I love that we call these wings because I really believe that all humans are meant to soar and fly. So every Enneagram number has a wing and a, actually they have two wings. Like I guess most animals with wings, they have two. <laughs> and with these wings, there's an influence on the core Enneagram type. And the wing is always the number beside the Enneagram. So with the Enneagram four, the wing would either be a three or a five. Enneagram four is part of the heart triad. And so what's interesting about these intelligence centers or these triads is that there's this idea that in the center, We have a lot of resources in our primary intelligence center, but sometimes we have very little freedom. And what I mean by that is when your Enneagram core type is in the heart center, there's a tendency to lead with the heart, to make decisions based on emotions, to make decisions based on relationships and people, and how am I going to impact people with what I'm doing? And then there also tends to be this sort of, backwards reflecting on oh did I did I do that right or did I impact somebody in a negative way or was I hurtful as well as this desire to be validated by other people because relationships are so important and I do, I do want to share that everything that I'm sharing about the Enneagram these are generalizations and this is theory 
and there's going to be nuances. So these are, these are just generalizations. So with that, Enneagram four is known as the creative, the individualist. They tend to have a unique way of doing things in the world. They tend to be very expressive. Some people find them overly emotional. They're very comfortable a lot of times with not just diving into emotions like happiness and joy, but also being in the deeper emotions of sadness and and upset. And they're okay talking about them. Enneagram 4 often also sees beauty in places where the rest of us don't. So they really teach us to see beauty in the world through, through their lens. And then with the three wing, Enneagram 3 is known as the achiever. They like to be at the front of the stage. They like to be uh, achieving and they're very results driven. So there would be some influence with that if you have a dominant three wing. The five wing is still there but it'll be less dominant. And Enneagram 5 is all about understanding and finding information. So they, they're sometimes called the researcher. And they happen to be in the next triad, which is the brain or the head triad. So that intellectual side. It's really interesting because I know, you know, obviously you said that there's nuances and it's not going to be 100% accurate. But when I did it, I was like, I got to the end and it gave me all my results. And, you know, this is, this is, you know, your vices lie within these areas and creativity and all of these sorts of things. I was, I was shocked. I was like, it's actually incredibly on point. It's incredibly accurate. The only thing I did say to myself was, I feel like maybe my dominant wing would be a five over a three. But now that you've sort of explained explained it more than, you know, just reading it through the the results on a website, it actually makes much more sense. My dominant wing would be a three. Can I ask where you sit in, in the Enneagram? Absolutely. I also want to point something out. Often the language that people use will, will correlate, not always, but uh, correlate with their intelligence center. And I noticed that you said, I feel like I might be more of a five and Twos, threes, and fours are feelers. They're emotional. So I just want to point that out as just like an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that is really interesting. And, you know, I often, or well, often, I quite a lot of the time when talking even to, to my partner, Benny, I will say I feel, you know, I feel like you're not listening to me. I feel like this. I feel like that. And, yeah, it's definitely, definitely in that that heart space. Such a beautiful space to be in too. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I fall into the gut triad or the body triad. And uh, my Enneagram or the Enneagram I identify with most is the nine wing one. So the nine is uh, known as the peacemaker or the mediator. Okay. Um, Would you say that that was accurate for you? Absolutely. I actually posed as a two for about a year and a half and then realized I had been mistyped. And so the test isn't accurate. And I was going by the test results, which is also kind of in my personality type. There's a a phrase that nines go along to get along. So we just kind of go with the flow and we're not super fussed either way. And so when I read my results and I saw Enneagram 2 when I first did the test, I thought, oh yeah, that I, I could make that work. That's all right. <laughs> but I wasn't super enrolled in the system until I was accurately typed because it didn't fully land with me. Yeah. Now, one of the things I didn't get to do as much research on this as I wanted, but I did see something on your website made mention of the Enneagram Prison Project. What's that? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's incredible. So I'm taking some courses with them right now. They have quite a comprehensive program. And the Enneagram Prison Project was founded by a woman named Susan Olasek, and she saw a lot of flaws in the judicial system in the U.S. When she discovered the Enneagram, she falls into the into the gut triad as well. And there's there's a video I can send you afterwards if you'd like of her talking, and she talks about how she she has a sort of inner critic. And when she discovered the Enneagram, she realized, oh, I, I, I am a good person. And there, there are good things in everybody. And I want to share it. Like she just, she learned so much about herself through the system. And she thought this could really help people. And so she went into prison, the prison system in the US and began teaching the inmates about the Enneagram. And what this did for them is it helped them understand deeply the reasons why they had committed the crimes they committed, and it helped them see that they're actually not bad people, that they're actually really good people who maybe had some bad things happen to them when they were younger. And part of the issue she sees with the judicial system is that people are labeled as criminals once they're incarcerated for the rest of their lives. And it's such a terrible badge for people to wear because there's so much bias and fear around that. And so what she's done is just incredible. And some of these inmates have actually come back and gone through so much healing that they're now actually working for her and sharing and going into the prison systems themselves. So one of the things that I'm really passionate about is supporting this initiative because it's just so beautiful to see the work that she's done in the world with this system. That's incredible. Um, and you're absolutely right. Like some people are in incarcerated for crimes that perhaps were not 
huge, but there's always, there's always a story on somebody's back. Like I don't, I don't believe you're born a bad person. I believe, you know, we're a lot of the time we're a product of situations around us, things that have happened to us, you know, not having the right sort of mental tools to, to cope and deal with things. I know I've made some really bad decisions when things have sort of been on the line. I've made some, some poor choices, thankfully nothing that sent me, uh, sent me to jail, but it's definitely, if you don't have the awareness of what you've done or, or you can't, can't rationalize it in a way, then how are you ever going to process it and, for those who do process it and get to the other side of it, it's just sad to think that they are forever labelled by an action that they did, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I agree, like nobody is born bad. We're all born as these, these beautiful beings full of potential you know, sometimes parents don't know better. Sometimes they're, they're coming from a long line of trauma or dysfunction or challenges that, you know, I, I grew up pretty well adjusted. So I'm very fortunate, but there's all kinds of studies and like theories around adverse childhood experiences and how they, those adverse childhood experiences can actually predict how much more prone people will be to committing crimes or becoming addicted to drugs or or other substances or other habits because they didn't have what they needed to develop with with safety and the proper nurturing as as little babes coming back to a, more of the mindfulness aspect of i guess life when you're in a situation like you mentioned earlier about you know you had that frustrated moment and you took yourself off and you you went for a walk. I know of some breathing techniques and things like that. Is there more to, to mindfulness than just going for a walk or taking a breath? Absolutely. So much more. You know, part of it, I think, has to do with getting to know ourselves more deeply, loving ourselves more deeply, and understanding what it is we need to feel supported. And so there's certain things that maybe we didn't learn in school or that we didn't learn as children, like observing the sensations in the body. Like our bodies are so intelligent. And when we actually can take the time and start to be able to recognize like, oh, when I feel the sensation in my upper back, it means this. So learning, learning the, the subtleties of, of things like body sensations or noticing that, oh, when I have upper back pain, it means that I'm clenching my jaw and I clench my jaw because I'm holding back from saying something that I'm uncomfortable saying. So it's like getting to know these certain things and, and how interconnected everything is. Breath as well, as you mentioned, is such a huge tool. One of the things that I learned in my yoga teacher training was that we have more blood vessels in the bottoms of our lungs so that's part of why a one just one deep breath can shift our whole state of being because we're getting more oxygen out to the body. And you'll notice that when you're stressed, your breath is up high in your chest. And so if you're not breathing fully, that's not going to help you get out of a stress state or a stress response. So if you can just take a one deep breath in, and then maybe take a couple more deep breaths that can get you to that place of 
being able to go inwards and, and ask yourself, like, what am I noticing in my body? What kind of thoughts am I having? How does my heart feel right now? So you'll notice that I kind of check in with the three intelligence centers as well, which really, really can tell us a lot about what we're experiencing. I remember a little while back, I was having problems sleeping. I kept waking up in the middle of the night and my brain was going over and over and over. I was going crazy thinking about all these, all these things that were just random thoughts. I just couldn't get back to sleep. You know, I would go from thinking about something that was actually, you know, troubling me to something, you know, like, what am I going to wear tomorrow? And there was just all of these really random thoughts. I couldn't get to sleep. And this went on for a few days. So then obviously Dr. Google came to the rescue and uh, that's when I first started to learn about breathing techniques. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause they were saying, you know, if you do, you know, you breathe in two, three, breathe out two, three, and this breathing pattern and you just focus on your breathing, then it will help you and aid you to get back to sleep. So I started to do that and that worked. And then I sort of pushed it aside and didn't really think about it again. But then I started to become stressed just in life. Like there was life stresses that were getting on top of me. And I remembered that Jewel, the singer, she had this book out and it was called Never Broken. And she had this website that sort of was released at the same time. And again, it's called Never Broken. And I was like, oh, it was all to do with like mindfulness and, and managing life and sort of not retraining your brain, but understanding where thoughts and things come from. And so I Googled that, went on, signed up. And the very first sort of practice she does is about being in the moment and breathing and listening to your breaths. And between that and, you know, being a a slightly insomniac for a little while, I realized the importance of breathing. And so it's, I just find it really interesting that if you're focusing on your breathing, you're focusing on doing the deep breaths, like you say, and, you know, with all the oxygen and putting that back out, kind of everything else sort of falls away. You can sort of be in that moment. And of course you say that, you know, you've been teaching yoga. So yoga is also very much about breathing. I just think it's really important for people to, to breathe. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I practice Zen. So I do these Zen sits with a, with a Zendo. And sometimes when we sit, we just, we don't do any, there's no guided meditation. It's just, let's just sit. Instead of trying to control the breath, we, we just observe the breath and we notice like, is it ragged? Is it steady? Is it deep? Is it shallow? And so we don't always have to do breath work exercises. Like sometimes it's calming just to watch the breath as well. I like that. I haven't even really thought about it like that because I guess if you're sitting there and you're, you're sort of just watching the breath, you, I guess you'd be able to figure out a little bit deeper about yourself. And as I say that, I'm thinking about my breath. I know that my breath, my breathing at the moment is quite shallow. And I think that's because, you know, when I do the podcast interviews and when I have conversations like this, sometimes you get a little bit nervous. And then when you're nervous, you're in that shallower, shallower breath. That's just me. Just, uh, just sharing my feelings. A little nervous, mm-hmm. you know, find myself rambling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's a great observation. So you're practicing mindfulness right there. Ah, and that's the point. The point is mindfulness. 
Now you have recently, I'm going to throw you, throw you under the bus here. You've recently released your own podcast. As I said earlier, absolutely love what you do, love your page, love following you on Instagram. But now I'm excited for your podcast and I'm excited for you to share with the listeners of my podcast a little bit about what you're doing and what you're hoping to achieve with your own podcast. Oh, thank you so much. So yeah, I actually just launched it today. (laughs) Congratulations. It's April 1st today, guys. Uh, If you're listening to this, this will obviously be edited and sent out to the world later. But Rachel is not playing an April Fool's joke. She has released a podcast. So true. So I I wanted to play with the name podcast. So I called it the podcast and it's a hodgepodge of conversation. So sort of a melange of people who are doing really positive things in the world. So I often think about the ripple effect of kindness or the ripple effect of doing a good deed and how there's all these people I know who do these selfless acts who don't look for accolades or recognition. And I just thought somebody needs to be talking about what all these wonderful people are doing. And this sort of lined up with something that I've heard in many different arenas in my life, that a virtuous act is somehow less virtuous if you talk about it. And I don't totally agree with that. I don't think that's necessarily true because I think in this day and age, we need to be talking about the good things that we're doing in the world because we're bombarded on a regular basis with the deluge of all the horrors that are happening in the world and all the separation that's happening. And I really think that there's an opportunity for us to celebrate what we're doing well and and to create more community and bring people together. So I thought, well, if these people aren't going to brag about what they're doing, I'm going to do it for them. <laughs> I love that. So, <laughs> so that's sort of the, the premise of, of what I want to do. And I wanted to make it open enough that I didn't have to have a continuous theme. I want because I, I hope it will go on for a long time. And I want to be able to bring in all kinds of people who are doing all kinds of wonderful things in the world. Amazing. So that is called the podcast and people can listen to on Spotify and all the normal sort of podcast platforms. Yeah. I There's a whole bunch that I don't even know because I just clicked the yes to ask <laughs> Anchor FM to find other platforms for me. So yeah, it's on several platforms. Okay. So everybody who's listening to this, go listen to Rachel's podcast as well and give her a follow. She has the page on Instagram for the podcast and also Rachel has her own page and her own website uh rachel give your give yourself and your website a plug okay (laughs) so (laughs) it's my name rachelhayek.com and hayek is spelled h-a-y-e-k and what can people find and do on your website so they can learn a little bit about me there's a calendar of events so i lead a bi-weekly meditation every other sunday um that's sunday vancouver time so uh depending where you are in the world it might be monday and they can find out about my upcoming enneagram workshops i have a blog which i actually need to reinvigorate i haven't put anything up there in a while 
And I also have some recorded meditations. So on the subject oh, of mindfulness. These, yeah. By the way. So, oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to cut you off with my excitement. Um, so yeah, carry on. Absolutely. So there's a number of recorded meditations that you can just click on their audio recordings. There's a couple videos on there too. And you can just listen to those anytime you need a little bit of extra support. If you need to find a little peace and groundedness in your day and you'd like a little guidance, please, absolutely, that's there as a resource for anybody who needs it. Beautiful. Now, for the listeners, I will make sure that I embed all of Rachel's socials and her website and her new podcast into the episode notes for the show. So Rachel, you're going to get some more likes and listens and follows. I'm sure of it. Uh, My listeners are a good bunch. Um, but for now, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on the show. I've been so thrilled and excited to have you on and I've loved learning about the Enneagram and the Enneagram prison project is amazing. Just yeah, so much love. Oh, thank you so much. Well, guys, that's a wrap for another fortnight. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to learn more about Rachel and the services she offers or take part in one of her fortnightly guided meditations, then go check out Rachel's website, rachelhayek.com for more information, including her work with the Enneagram. To learn more about or donate to the Enneagram Prison Project, then head on over to enneagramprisonproject.org. The program has been rolled out in several countries, including Australia, and it's a project that I, for one, would like to hear more about. And lastly, go check out Rachel's brand new podcast, The Podcast, over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your daily dose of podcasts. As always, all of those links and more are safely stored in the show notes for you. So go check them out. But that's all from me for now. So I'll see you next time. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.